Welcome to the Scorecard for Tuesday the 17th of November. I'm Liam Flanagan. And before we get started today, I need you to do me a favour. Go and rate and review the podcast. Oh, wait. I will. I will. Just go and do it now. That's right. Good. Now we can get into your daily hit of sport. When life gets you down, you know what you got to do? I don't want to know what you got to do. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. It was Dory's life motto in Finding Nemo, and it has been Aussie swimmer Shana Jack's goal ever since she was first suspended for testing positive to a banned substance at a World Championship training camp back in 2019. Jack has always maintained her innocence, even when she was a contestant under intense interrogation on Channel 7's reality show, SAS Australia. Like, my whole life I've been an honest athlete. Like, the purpose of my swimming was the fact that I could impact somebody else's life and be a role model to them because that's how I fell in love with the sport. And late yesterday, 17 months after her positive test, the Court of Arbitration for Sport agreed that Jack did not intentionally, knowingly or recklessly use the banned substance Legandrol in any manner. Her suspension was reduced to two years, meaning she will be eligible to return to competitive swimming in July next year. Devastatingly, the timeline means she won't be able to compete at next year's Olympics in Tokyo as she'll still be suspended during the selection trials. But if you happen to find yourself being lapped in a Brisbane pool between now and July next year, there's a fair chance it's Shana Jack starting her long road back to the national team for the 2022 World Champs. Cricket used to be a fairly simple game. Bowl the ball, hit the ball, score more runs than the other team and you win. Smith heaves it away, that'll do it! Steve Smith fittingly hits the winning runs and Australia are champions of the world. And then T20 cricket emerged and kids bloody loved it. So the Big Bash League kicked off and it was awesome. And then it was a bit crap. So this year, to make it not crap, they've introduced three new rules. You can't get anything done in the world without rules. Rule one, the power surge. It basically means that batsmen can enforce fielding restrictions on the bowling side for two overs in the second half of their innings. Rule two, the bash boost. Basically, if you're batting second and scoring runs fast enough, you get a bonus point whether you win or lose. But if you're batting too slow, the fielding team gets the bonus point. And rule three, the X Factor. Yeah, a reality TV singing contest in which anybody can audition for a shot at stardom. Oh, sorry, wrong X Factor. For the Big Bash, it just means teams can sub in a player for someone who's doing bugger all. Health authorities in South Australia are on red alert as we go to air this afternoon amid fears an explosion of COVID-19 cases will spread even further. Ah, balls. I really thought we'd broken the back of this thing. Look, the health and wellbeing of Aussies is what matters most. Take that as red. But this is a sports podcast, so I'm going to talk about the sporting impact. As other states and territories slam shut their doors to South Australia for now, today marks one month out from the scheduled first test of the series against India to be played at Adelaide Oval. At this stage, Cricket Australia is all systems go for the international fixtures, but the immediate concern is for representative players such as Tim Payne and Matthew Wade, who've been forced into self-isolation, having recently played Sheffield Shield fixtures in SA. We'll keep you posted as this story updates. One more sleep until the state of origin decider at Suncorp Stadium. And despite Clive Churchill medalist Ryan Pappenhausen overcoming his calf injury, 
New South Wales assistant coach Greg Alexander, speaking exclusively to the scorecard, explained the Blues will back in the 17 players that got the job done in Game 2. Is there any chance we see Ryan Pappenhausen Wednesday night? I don't think so. No, I think we're going to go with the, we're going to go with the same 17. Very tempting to put Ryan in. It was so disappointing that he was ruled out of Games 1 and 2 after the season he had. There was certainly plenty of talk about throwing Paps onto the bench and dropping one of the middle forwards. And I know he's done that job for Melbourne, but sometimes it's hard to get a player into the game, like like game one with Cody Walker. So we've decided to go with the same 17. Former Blues captain Paul Gallen, meanwhile, is like a toddler at a petting zoo who's holding his bucket of food too low, and Queensland are just feeding on his motivation pellets. I, I look at the look at the period I came through against against Queensland, seeing that great side mm. full of probably a few future immortals. And I look at this current side, and they've got some great players. But I think as a team, I, I, as I said, when it comes down to ability, I don't yeah. think they've got anywhere near the ability of the Blues. Oh, shots fired from New South Wales. Over to you, Queensland captain Daly Cherry Evans. His job is to uh, to heighten, to hype. Yeah, that's his job now, so he has to sell the product. So he's doing a good job of selling the product, and, um, you know, we'd love to have the last laugh. Hasn't exactly lit a fire under tomorrow night's kickoff, but we've always got the prospect of Big Tino and Payne Hass going at each other again. They have been wanting this all night, and the crowd has gone nuts. The list manager has spoken. The CEO has spoken. Even the president has spoken. But really, there is only one person who the AFL world has wanted to hear from when it comes to Collingwood's PR disaster of a trade period. And yesterday, he spoke to Jared Whateley on SEN about Adam Trelaw's departure from the Pies. This is a breakup. This is something that, that he was aware of, you know, 12 months ago that um, became more real now. It's been difficult, obviously difficult for him, uh, difficult um, for us as a football club, but it's a, it was a business decision, unfortunately. It is unfortunate, Nathan Buckley. Unfortunate that the comments didn't seem to actually answer any of the questions that fans wanted answered. But we've heard from all parties now, so I'm sorry, Collingwood fans, but just like Crows supporters with the Gold Coast pre-season camp and Bombers fans with the Asada investigation, you're just going to have to let this one go. And before I go, a quick bit of news. We've already got Nick Kyrgios' corner on the scorecard, but it's with great excitement that we announce the opening of... Bernard Tomic Town. Now it's just about finding my balance and pushing on the next 10 years and being successful even more. The one-time tennis prodigy has found his next passion, and her name is Vanessa Sierra. Sierra was once a contestant on the Aussie version of reality show Love Island and now earns a living via the content-sharing platform OnlyFans, where fans can pay a fee to see, presumably, intimate photos and videos of Sierra. No, I've never really used social media. I just don't like it, huh? Mm, Sierra's most recent post would suggest otherwise, Bernie. The image captioned, Oops, I convinced Tomic to do something bad. Swipe up to see the video. Sorry, Mum. Shows Tomic having a nibble on Sierra's, let's say, backhand. And what princely sum do you have to pay to watch the video itself? $3. Sorry, Vanessa, payday's about a month away, and if I really wanted to see videos of Bernard Tomic doing weird stuff, I could just watch some of his old tennis highlights on YouTube. There's your quick sporting hit for today. I'm Liam Flanagan. We'll see you tomorrow on The Scorecard.